You realized I was right? <sighs> Wait. Somebody, we... somebody, help, we're recording. Uh, somebody help you realized that I was right. Let's explore that. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting topic to me. Finally! Finally! <sighs> will the world finally recognize my genius? Do people understand? People do understand what I have to deal with here, right? I feel like people see this. It's okay. enter- I'm entertaining. This is right. all about entertainment. Okay, do you yes. understand? People, okay. this is what people okay. don't understand. I'm, I'm, I'm half kidding. It's I'm trying to keep the people entertained. It's a podcast. It's a product. <sighs> all right. What happened? So last night, um, I did mushrooms. <laughs> Jesus. And um, not a lot, uh-huh. uh, just a little bit, but it was enough where I had uh, a really powerful experience um, of opening up to my heart in a way that was like, okay, I have to do, I have to follow my heart. You look gorgeous, by the way. Thank you. I just got to tell you. Thank your you skin, very much. I mean, just, you're working out, you're, it's just, it's incredible. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I, I just let myself follow my heart as I was going through this process. I was just in my house, you know, Mm -hmm. and as I'm doing this, I feel, I feel the presence of God come Mm -hmm. into me. It happens. It has happened to me sometimes when I'm dance, like I've, I've been in these dance groups where I'm doing my five rhythms, ecstatic dance stuff. And I'm dancing, I'm dancing, I'm dancing. And at some point, it feels like an energy comes through me and I'm not dancing anymore. Something is dancing me, mm-hmm. right? And so I felt that energy yesterday. I was very conscious of it. I was, I was, I kept doing things that I wanted to do. I kept going towards what I wanted to go towards. Like, oh, like not thinking about it, just going, just, just doing, you know, like, like, okay, I'm going to go into this room now. I'm going to go here. I'm going to write this. I'm going to, and you're by yourself. I was by myself. Where's Ferd? Ferd of- is hiking mm-hmm. in uh, the Grand Tetons. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so then I, I, ha- I remembered this supervision, exp- um, supervision class that I had with one of my teachers. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, well, she said she was going around to the, to different people and she was she was literally just saying this is this is what your life life task is going to be like she went around and told everyone what their life task was here what their what their greater purpose in this lifetime was going to be here right right and we all knew each other so as she was saying it it was like oh my god that's exactly right wow you you just knew it when you when she said it and she skipped over me and she started talking about something else and I was like, um, well, hey, wait a minute. What about me? And she said, oh, Angela, I've told you this so many times. You have to follow spirit. That's your life task. And, and she said, the problem is that the spirit is married to the heart. And you decided at some point to hermetically seal your heart. Mm. So that's a problem. <laughs> I was like, hermetically seal. Oh hermetically sealed what is hermetically it's like locked with like like you cannot there's, there's no way to open it right yes 
So when she said that, I mean, obviously, like, I, you know, this this teacher has a way, you know, like she she went in, you mm-hmm. know, and I was like, Poof. and I could feel like I got to figure out how to fucking open up this hermetically sealed heart like this. This has got to be the, the thing. So the last how few long years, ago was this? This was like at least I don't know, uh, eight years ago, seven, wow. six. Seven, okay. Yeah. And so I've been spending that time like I it went in so deep. I was like, this is what ha- what I have to do. I have to I have to figure out how to open my heart. And um, so a couple days ago, I was doing this process and, you know, I'm still I feel very vulnerable about this, you know, sh- still sharing about this, like I'm doing A Course in Miracles I am having experiences where I am, uh, I feel Jesus mm-hmm. and, um, I, I, I don't know how to explain it. I just like, I'm getting, I'm getting signs all over the place. They are to me, unmistakable, undeniable, like signs and experiences where Jesus is letting me know I'm here. Mm-hmm. And so this is not like something that I would have ever wanted planned for like like it wasn't something it's just it's just happening this is just what's happening Mm -hmm. so um so as so a couple days ago this friend of mine is taking me through this worksheet that somebody who like a teacher of course of miracles has created where it helps me get clear on this very particular belief that i've had that i didn't even know that i had where i must protect myself and my heart at all costs and I, I didn't, I didn't know that I had that belief. I, I said, when I, when I got to it, I was like, oh yeah, you know, this is what I had to do. Like, this is the belief that I had. Um, and you know, I got, it felt like in my childhood, I got stabbed in the heart, you mm-hmm. know? And so now I'm, I, I have to, like, this is, this, this is what must be done. You must and protect your heart. Yes, at all costs. At all costs. I will do whatever it takes, whatever it mm-hmm. takes. Mm-hmm. I, you, you know, like, like yes, uh, yes. I will perform evil. Like the evil acts will come out of me in order for me to protect my heart. Like that kind of belief. Right. And once I got really clear on that, I was like, oh shit, that was two days, th- three days ago, two days ago. So I, I was like, okay. What if I don't do that? What if that's not actually true? What if I don't have to protect myself and my heart at all costs? What if I just allow myself to like come from an open heart and to see what happens? And so last night, as I'm like, I can, I feel my heart and I feel where it wants to go, what it wants to do. And I'm just, I'm, I'm not thinking about it. I'm just allowing it to happen. I have this memory of this teacher and i suddenly feel like i want to call her Mm. i want to contact her but it's i'm thinking that she lives you know on the east coast and and you know we're here it's late yeah it's it's late it's an hour it's an hour but it was like 9 30 my time Mm -hmm. our time so it was it's 10 30 you know she's up potentially she's up but i didn't know right so i had um i called a friend of mine 
who knows this this person well and has spoken to her recently. I haven't spoken to this woman in a, in a few years, you know, this mm. teacher. And so, um, so I call her and I said, I said, um, do you think that I should call her? And she said, I, I said, I, I have this impulse and it feels like it's from my heart. And she's like, well, it's from, if it's from your heart, then call her. But she said, call her from your adult strength, which she didn't know, but literally minutes before this was all happening, I was writing down, I need to practice coming from my strength. Mm. I need to practice coming, coming from my strength with everyone, you know, like, like a kind of strength that I, that I haven't trusted before. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so when she said that, I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Not from the place of a student, not from a place, you know, just like she has to take care of me in any way, just calling because this was my impulse to call her. Right. So I call her and she picks up and she was like, Angela, hi. And we have this conversation. I tell her, you know, I tell her about the supervision that she gave to me years ago and she doesn't remember any of it, but she's like, wow, you know, you're, you're telling me this you're right on point. You're right on time. Like this is exactly where I'm at, you know, just that she is now following spirit. And then she tells me about this incredible experience. I don't, I'm not, I haven't said anything about anything except for just that I'm calling her from my heart. Like that's, that's what I was. Right. And she, she tells me about this experience that she had, uh, that I won't say because it's, you know, her experience, but that she's had with Jesus Christ and what she tells me and what she explains to me about everything that's happening, like happening in the world. It is, everything is coming into clarity. Like she is saying things that you have said that there is, uh, there's a spiritual war that's going on and that there is real evil. Mm-hmm. Evil exists. And um, it's not that I, it's not that I, how do I say this? Um, I haven't, I, I know that you've been saying this, you've been saying it for a long time now. Mm-hmm. And I hear you and, and there are, there's, there's a way in which it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I see. I, yeah. Okay. I get it. But there's another place in me that's like, I don't want to see it. I don't like it. I, and that, why do I have to see it the way that you're seeing? Why, why do I have to be this clear about it? And she explained to me the reason to see it you have to see the evil because it's a lie. And if you don't see that you're in a lie, you can't get anywhere. There's nowhere to go. Like you're just lulled into the lie. Yeah. And so you have to be able to see it. It it doesn't like it doesn't mean that you have to be scared of it. And in fact, like what I'm doing is like in you know what you're doing fortifying your soul. You know, mm-hmm. like that, that's what I'm doing. I, like I am, that's, that's probably why I'm so into right. this course and right. like Jesus and like, there's something spiritual that I feel like I need to get aligned with in order for me to 
be able to even allow myself to see it and to really face it and to, to know it. And then like to stand against it, you know, and mm-hmm. like, and, and to be with God, you know, in that place. And in that place, like nothing can harm me. And I, I, I can feel that. Like, I mean, it might harm my body. It might harm my reputation. It might harm my, you know, these other things. But there's something, like, I don't know. It was something about the way that she was talking about it. And she went through all the things, you know, like that I don't, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't want to talk about right now, but I just feel like, like what the things all that the you things said. All the things going on in the culture, you mean? Yes, all the things in the culture. She, all the BLM and the everything, transgender everything. and the feminism, the politics, all the bullshit. She, she, she pretty much like was, and she doesn't know what, she's not listening to this. She doesn't know where yeah. you're at. Um, But there were such similarities and the experience that she had that now, you know, she is with Jesus Christ, like Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. is talking to her, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, like she's, but she's in such a good place, you know, like she's just for her. Yeah. She's really, you know, she, she, I mean, it was beautiful, beautiful. Right. And so I was so grateful because it's the first time that I, I mean, I know that you've been <laughs> trying to get it, trying to help me, but, but there's a way in which she helped me to see it so that I didn't have to be scared of it. Mm-hmm. And that was um, vital for me. Right. And so um, now it's like, as she was talking, I was like, okay, okay. You know, she told me to look up all these things. I was like, okay. I started looking them up and I was like, Oof. what things? Like, you know, no, no, I don't, I just, <laughs> what, what? Ah, uh, you know, things that have to do with pedophilia, things right. that have to do with, um, Sexual trafficking. Right, let's just stop there for a second because as soon as you say pedophilia, right, there's a bunch of people out there that are like, oh, QAnon and elite pedophile networks. That's all conspiracy. It's like you literally had a guy, Jeffrey Epstein, who was running some kind of pedophile network. Like we know this, right? He had young girls. You had Prince Andrew was involved. We know Bill Clinton was involved on his island. We know that Bill Gates was involved and we just ignore the whole thing. And then he goes, finally goes to jail and then he kills himself and the video disappeared. It's like, that's a real conspiracy. I don't know exactly what's going on, but to say that that's all crazy and bullshit is it, that's insane. Like there's something that's going on there. Now, is it exactly as the Q people say it is? I don't know, but there's something going on. I don't know how we can deny that. And Bill Gates, they, they were friends. His wife, Bill Gates' wife, left him because of that. She said that on television. The whole thing with Epstein was weird. I met him. He was weird. She she didn't, and she alluded to the fact that my husband was like friends with him. And that's why I left. And there was no follow-up, no nothing. Nobody's asking questions. 
So yes, the pedophilia thing is there's it's real. Something is going on. Whether people Tom Hanks is drinking baby's blood, probably not. I don't necessarily believe that. Okay. Right. I think it's a lot of people on Reddit that like to have fun right. with stuff and go all the way. But directionally, there's there's some shit that's going on that's fucking weird. I don't know how anyone can deny that with the Epstein stuff. And then all the the, the fact that the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, uh, they wouldn't air it on television, no video cameras allowed, and the black book and all that stuff was all disappeared. The FBI lost it. I mean, there's all kinds of insanity around it. So I just want to say that to the to anybody out there who's listening, who's doubting it or some conspiracy. You 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 can't den- this is real. That is all real. That is all on record. There's weird shit going on with major people. And it's very hard to hold. It's very hard to allow I can feel it in myself like to like I there is a way in which I want to be blind and there's a way in which it doesn't want to be seen. Of course. That's the lower self. Right, exactly. It refuses to be seen. Exactly. And it refuses to be seen and it will do whatever means necessary to not be seen. Of course. In order to to separate. Yeah. And so like tell you you're crazy, gaslight you, tell you it's a conspiracy theory. They'll do whatever. They'll do whatever they have to do. And that's what they're doing. And it's, and it, it, it's, it, here's the other thing I want to say about conspiracies. Just, you know, I'm going to let you go on here, but you know, I don't think conspiracies, it's like a cabal of people sitting in a room making decisions about like where things are going to go, you know, in the world and, and plotting. I don't think it works that way. I think conspiracies are largely unconscious groups of people get together and they all know what they have to do. Right. And it's like, if you want to be in that club, you go along. And you don't bring up the things that you don't, that they don't want to be brought up and you play along with whatever they want to be played along with. And if you don't go along with it, then you're out of the club and people want to be in the club. And I don't think anything is spoken. I don't think it's, I think it's largely unconscious. I think if you question people about it, they'd be like, what are you talking about? They wouldn't even fucking know. Mm -hmm. Like, I think most of these people in the media Right on CNN, on on MSNBC, they actually believe the things that they're saying. I don't think they're consciously lying. I don't think they're aware of how. I think they think that they're unbiased, that they're actually reporting the news in a neutral way. I, I believe that Anderson Cooper actually believes that, but of course, it's not true. Of course, they have a bias. Of course, the whole thing is controlled by a corporation, and that corporation is le- is is legally obligated to make money and we know that the way that they make money is by perpetuating fear and generating controversy so it's like there's a there's it's just that's just how it works that's just the game that we're all playing and to deny that is is madness but that's that i think these people do believe it it's it's that's what i say conspiracies are largely unconscious there's conspiracies in every family. There's conspiracies in every organization. There's conspiracies that we have with ourselves to deny certain things about ourselves that we refuse to look at. And if you question us about it, we, we no, what are you talking about? That's not true. That's not true. You know, that's a kind of conspiracy and people get together and you see it all the time. So it's like, yes, conspiracy theories are real and they're true. Not in the way that it's presented 
necessarily by QAnon, although I think there are actual conspiracy theories. But it's 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 unconscious. It's just it's it's human nature. Mm-hmm. It's just it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know how people can't see that now, especially after COVID, especially after the lies that we were told about COVID over and over and over and over again. Well, I think that's the thing that it, it's coming out now. Yes. Like it, it's, and it's coming out and it's going to come out more. And like the more that, you know, what, what this person um, was saying yesterday, like what really helped me was just like, you know, it's, it doesn't want to be seen. It doesn't want to be known. So it's going to do all these things. And the more that, light the more that we talk about it the more the truth comes out it's there's that that's where all the shit's gonna go down yeah and that's the spiritual war that's happening of course and so it's you know that's what's scary you know that's like people are seeing like what is happening you know and and it is scary but i guess the thing again that was so helpful to me was that all i have to do is just be willing to see it yeah. I just have to be willing to see it. Yeah, and you then, just have to be willing to see it. You don't have to you don't have to like post about it on your Instagram. No. Unless you want to, unless you feel called to do that. But you just have to see it and be aware of it and recognize it. And not and not this is and this is the like I think the the point of contention that I've had with you is um you have to be completely intolerant of the lie. Right. And I understand the impulse to be understanding about what's going on, understand people's feelings about this and about that. Well, but you like there are lies in the culture, like this shit with the transgender. But, but thing, let me just let me just say, tell let, us that wait, women can wait, have wait, a wait, penis. Wait, let me just you have say, to be intolerant but, of that. No, but let me just first say, I, I understand. Yeah, but but just to to kind of tweak what you just said. Sure. I was not willing to see what you were seeing. I'm not, I wasn't willing. So, so in my, in the place, it's like, like in the understanding, right. I'm not actually understanding. Yes, that's true. So it's not that it's the, 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 where you and I like have this, whatever this is, you know, this conflict, Mm -hmm. it's the place where I'm not willing to see something. I understand. And also, you know, the way that you were bringing it to me was so scary that it was like it, 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 I couldn't see it. But the way that I was told about it yesterday, I was like, okay, I don't have to be scared. Right. That, that there is, I mean, it is when, when she was talking was, I was feeling scared, but then she was like, no, like, like in order for you to like, you want, you want to see it so that you can come out of the fear so that you right. can. Yes, Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm sorry if I scared you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for saying that. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, I'm sorry that, like, I, I don't know, I didn't believe you or I didn't, you know, I didn't, there, there was something that I was, like, defended, you know. Yeah, with yeah. With you. And... Um, yeah. And also like, well, I guess that's my blind spot. I mean, I have my own stuff here because it's like, 
you know, it started obviously in 2015 with the, you know, with the Trump stuff where I, I felt like I saw something that was going on and that nobody else was seeing. And, and I saw it, you know, I had a perspective on it and, uh, and it was painful because, you know, I was told I was wrong and I was bad and I was crazy and I was siding with the evil. And I, I really felt, no, I'm siding with the good. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, I'm, I'm siding with the truth. That's how it felt to me. I'm just, I'm just siding with what's true. And that's all that I'm concerned about is the truth. I don't really, I don't, my, I don't care about fucking politics. I don't care about ideology. I care about my ideology is fucking the truth. Mm -hmm. And so I'm searching for the truth. And, you know, so it was very, very painful for me. And then, you know, of course you question yourself and the entire culture and all your friends and all your community is, is on one side of something. And they're telling you you're bad and wrong. And the, and the cost is very high. The cost is very fucking high for speaking the truth. I mean, you look at what's going on with Andrew Tate. It's like, this guy just got banned from all platforms. For what? For what did he actually get banned for? What did he say that got him banned? It was just across the board, just in one day, bang, he's gone from everywhere. Right? I mean, he's not actually gone because he's all over. People are making clips of him and he's all over TikTok. And now he's on Rumble, but it's like, what did he actually say? Well, what he said was all, he's confronting the lies. That's what he's doing. He's like, and he's doing it in an incredibly articulate way. And he's doing it in a provocative way and uh, in an incredibly persuasive way. And and a lot of people were getting on board with him because he was like, a lot of people were saying, men and women included, like, well, I don't like the way he says it. And he's provocative, but I kind of agree with a lot of what he says. And that scared people. That scared the establishment. And that, that that's why they ban them. They ban people who tell the fucking truth, not the people who lie. That's the history of censorship. And so that that all of this stuff is an indication. But the fact that like he, the fact that he's gaining all this power to me is an indication that more and more people are ready to hear the truth about things. And, and I would say that it's like, it takes somebody like Trump. It takes somebody like Andrew Tate. It takes somebody like me coming, coming with this kind of energy. Like you, it has to be that Tehash energy. It has to be the sword of truth. It has to come through strong, right. For, in order for it to be heard, like it, it can't be soft. It can't be gentle. And, and you know, you wouldn't, the truth is it's like you, you, you finally were able to hear it from this person. Cause she presented it to you in a way that you could receive it. But had I not been, talking about That's this for true. the last two years, yes. you, you wouldn't have heard it from her. Yeah. Like I, you know what I mean? So you, it's like, there was some way that I was like in the energy, I was like pushing up against the defense, cracking, 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 cracking. And yes, it was emotional. And yes, maybe I was scaring you, but there was, I could see that it was going in because the arguments I'm, I was making were completely rational. And I'm also like, I'll, I'll talk to anybody about this anytime. Like, please tell me where I'm wrong. Please tell me where I have a blind spot. And the only thing that people would really say to me is like, well, it's the way you're saying it. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, 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 fine. The way I'm saying it. But tell me what I'm fucking saying is wrong. Well, Trump is mean. It's like, dude, 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 Trump is mean. That's your response. He's an asshole. He's bad. It's just like, holy shit, man. I'm not, I'm not playing the game at that level. Like you're lost in the matrix. If that's what you're talking about, you're lost in the matrix. If you're talking about like the news and events that happen in that in that way, or you're keeping score, or he said this. I mean, people are constantly like, well, Andrew Tate said this. It's like, dude, he said this. 
But there is a way, you know, Dave, we, we talked yeah, yeah. about them, like in terms of how you, and I hear you and I agree with you. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, yes. And there is something about the energy or whatever it is, like the, the intensity, the harshness with which you bring it, that makes it hard to take in, you know, and that, that. Well, we're all playing our role. So yeah, that's what, you know, it takes more than one person. I I hear you. I hear you. I have my own stuff attached to it because it's like, yeah, it it triggers some stuff in me where I'm, my goodness isn't seen. Right. And so I'm, yes, I'm having my stuff is attached. There's that energy that you're feeling that that's makes it hard for you to receive it. Yes. Is, is my own stuff, which is, yeah, it's resentment about not being seen or understood or the pain of being missed or my goodness, not being seen. And so, yeah, there's a, there's an energy of, of resentment and anger and fuck you, or you're fucking stupid for not getting this. I I get that. I get that. And that's, yes, I'm, I'm working on that. I'm working on that and I'm aware of it and I take full responsibility for it. And, and, you know, and this goes to some of the feedback that we got on the, and we, which we may or may not have time to get into. It's like, Again, I don't, I don't want to make myself a victim here, but it's like, do you know what it's been like for me? It's like, I kind of want to say like, I need, give me a fucking break, man. Give me a fuck, like, give me a fucking break. Like I want, I need, I want some space to be angry about it because I've been fucking vilified and demonized for years and not just by people that I know and friends, but also it's like every time I fucking go on Twitter, it's just a barrage of you're a fucking racist, white man, bad, white man, bad. That has an impact. You just, wherever you go on Facebook and all your friends are agreeing with it. All your white friends who are fucking weak pussies because they want to stay in connected. They want to be seen as good. They want a virtue signal. Everybody's going along with it. You're standing alone going, ah, this is bullshit. This concept of white privilege, okay, yes, there's something to it, but the way it's being used, the way it's being talked about is there's lies in it and it's bullshit and it's not fucking helpful. And there's all kinds of fucking shadow in this Black Lives Matter movement. What, you don't think Black Lives Matter? Of course I think fucking Black Lives Matter. But it's like, there's all this shadow material, there's all this bullshit and it's being used as a political weapon to fucking control and manipulate people. And if I speak up to that, I'm demonized. I'm told that I'm a fucking racist. And it just being a man and being white, I'm like ostracized and told that my opinion doesn't matter. Everything you say is meaningless because you're a white man. That, it grates on you after a while. And it's hard at a certain point not to feel some fucking resentment and not to feel some like, go fuck yourself. Fuck you. That's, that's, and it, you know, and again, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I don't want to make myself a victim, but it's like, I also like, and I guess, especially from you and you've given me lots of space, you know, is this like, yeah, fucking give me the space to feel fucking angry about that. Cause I have a right to be fucking angry because I've been lied to and gaslit for, by the fucking entire culture, people that I love and trust for fucking five, six years. And it, 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 it's fucking, it's not easy. And so, yeah, when somebody like Andrew Tay comes along and, or, or Donald Trump comes along and fucking speaks to it and yeah, they do it in a harsh way. And it's like, yeah, thank you. Thank you that they have the strength to fucking, they have the strength to stand in the face of it and combat it. And yeah, of, of course, those kind of people, it's like cops, 
right? It's the same concept. It's like the kind of person that decides to become a cop, he's like, not all of them, but a lot of them, they, they could have gone the other way. They could have been criminals. It's like, it's a certain kind of mentality. So you're always going to have that energy in cops. You're going to have cops act out. You're going to have cops do bad things. That's like, that's what it is. And so we have to give some space for these fucking cops to do bad things. Occasionally they're going to beat the shit out of somebody. It doesn't mean that they shouldn't be held accountable, but it's like, we have to give them, give that a little bit more space and understanding. Cause do you want that job? Do you want to fucking go in there and do what these guys have to do every fucking day? Deal with all the dregs of society? Fucking bust into somebody who's like a drug dealer who wants to fucking shoot you? Do you want that fucking job? No, of course you don't. So it's like we just stand outside and we criticize these fucking men who do this shit. And we criticize Trump or Andrew Tate for standing up against the establishment and saying, fuck you. And we don't like the way they do it. You know, it's like that whole speech from A Few Good Men. It's like that speech that Jack Nicholson gave from A Few Good Men. He's right. He's 100% right. It's like you fucking want your walls defended and then you question the very way in which we defend it. Go fuck yourself. That's exactly correct. So that's how I feel. Hmm. Well, I guess what I will say is that it's been hard for me to see some of this stuff. Yeah, I understand. And even when you talked about we had a conversation a couple of days ago about Andrew Tate you said some things that helped me to see what's what what he was doing, what's what actually was happening. And that was very helpful. Right. And I think that people need help to see, you know, like it's hard to see. Yeah, I understand. The, behind I, the like the But they have to be willing, they have to be will, I understand they need help. Like people need help. But they also have to be willing to let go of their fucking judgment and be curious about it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a responsibility on the other side to like. So in other words, like Trump comes along and your reaction should be if you're if you're a, a intellectually curious human being, you consider yourself open hearted. You consider yourself evolved like most liberals do. Your reaction should be. I wonder why. I wonder what he represents. I wonder why there's so many angry people in America. And if your response is, well, they're they're fucking racist. Maybe you need to look at yourself. Maybe there's deeper reasons for that, right? Maybe maybe we should quit. Why is Andrew Tate here? Why is he saying all this stuff? Why are like young men like gravitating towards this guy? What, it's the same thing when Eminem came out, you know, 10, 15 years ago, whenever it was, and he's screaming at all this kind of vile vitriol and fucking kill and misogynistic stuff. It's just like, well, what's that about? You know, like, are we going to be curious about it? Why and why are all these young men listening to this music and they're emotionally resonating with it? What the fuck is going on? You know, are we going to be curious about it? And that's that's where I'm just I, I have low tolerance, or it's like I, I have to explain it to people in a way that they can hear it. It's like they don't want to hear it. That's the point. They don't want to fucking hear it. And so in that sense, it's like, and this is yeah, it's like yes, and there's people out there. Well, this is you know the Laura Matsu thing. It's like there's no point in trying to convince anybody that doesn't want to hear it. Like you can't, all you can do is, is sort of put the message out like, Hey, this is what I'm seeing. And those who resonate, you know, here's a place that's safe for you to kind of explore what you may be seeing. So if you're uncomfortable with the, if you generally are, you support 
marginalized people like most of us do. Of course, we want to support marginalized people. Of course, we don't want people in the culture to feel like shamed or not or not included because they're different, right? And so I think most of us feel that way. And so, of course, I want tra- transgendered people to be included. But I also have concerns about giving nine-year-olds puberty blockers. And I have concern about social contagion. I have concerns about some of the ways that they're talking about this stuff that doesn't make sense to me. And there's a place that I should be able to ask questions about that without being told that I'm a transphobe. And I think there's a lot of people who feel that way. In fact, I think most people feel that way. So all you can do is signal to those people that, hey, here's a safe space for us to be able to talk about this, right? And that's one thing you can do. Or you have to go to war. You have to see what's actually happening on the other side is a kind of evil because it is. It is evil because they're in a lie. Well, I think at this point, my guess is, I don't know, you would know probably better than I, but if people are still listening to this podcast, I mean, I know that there are a few people. Obviously. (laughs) The people that are listening to this are open to it. Yes, of course. So I think we should just go based on that, like we're that we're... Yeah. Now, you know, at the point where it's not like yeah. anyone who's We don't have listening. to defend anything. We don't have to convince anybody of anything. Like we know, I mean, I had this conversation with a guy last night and I could tell that he, you know, he was, I don't want, again, I don't want to say too much, but whatever. He, he felt very, I could sense, he didn't say this directly, but relieved to be able to have an open conversation about all this stuff. Right. And, and we didn't, you know, he, we didn't agree with every, he didn't agree with me on everything, certainly politically, but in terms of like some of these lies that are in the culture around the transgender issues, around uh, what's going on in politics, climate change, um, feminism. Uh, yeah, he was completely, you know, he, he had his rant and I could tell it was like, he, he didn't have a lot of places to be able to say this stuff out. And he felt this tremendous sense of relief. And it's not about, and again, it's like, we're not, I'm not, I'm I'm railing against feminism. It's like, well, are you not for equality? Of course I'm fucking for equality of women. Like the the idea, obviously, like I'm, we're so so, so beyond that, right? It's like, where are there lies in the culture? That's all I'm concerned about because where there are lies, people are going to get hurt and people, and when you prey off people's resentments, which is what people are doing. That's that's where it gets dangerous, and that's where I get angry, and that's where I want to fucking speak up. Because we all have resentments, right? Because life isn't fair. Life is not fucking fair for for people, right? And there's always going to be privilege. There's white privilege, beauty privilege, male privilege, female. Privilege. There's all kinds of fucking privileges, right? And it's like the most evolved position is this is just like yes, we should do everything we can to create a society that allows for equal opportunity, but you're never going to do that. Like if you look at human nature, it's like, it's just not a thing that's ever going to happen. So it's like all the best we can do is to accept the reality that life is not fair and that people out in the world are going to be cruel and they're going to, they're going to be prejudiced against you and, or they're not going to care and that everybody, they're going to be selfish. They're going to be in it for themselves and they may actively discriminate against you. They may fucking hate you because of your gender, because of your race, so what? So what? You're never going to eliminate that. If And as long as you're fighting, and this is true for me, and I've done it. I'm guilty of it. I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of it. So, I'm, you know, 
I'm saying this for myself as much as anybody, mm-hmm. right? It's like you rail against the system. It's like you're going to be fighting that system forever. All you have is yourself and how you relate to that. That's what your power is. And it's like, and it's really hard. And that I get, I think that's what I've been going through these last fucking three weeks in Sundance. It's just like, it's like, I've been so filled with fucking resentment and anger. And I, and I have that, that energy has been in me for really since 2015. And I've, you know, been modulating in and out of it and trying to come to terms with something like it, something about that Sundance. I, I don't know what it was, but coming out of it, it's just like, it, it just all got like, Maybe it was just being in the presence of spirit for like 10 fucking days. And then you come back into the real world and you, you feel like you, I just saw the bullshit in a way. And I, and I could feel this place like, I can't tolerate it Mm. and I will not tolerate it. And I will not tolerate it within out in the world or within myself, the lies that I've been telling myself. And it's like, so the resentment and the anger is part of the process of like mm. purging it all mm. out. Fuck this, fuck that. All the ways that I've betrayed myself, right? Because I'm, I'm not really angry at anyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am, but not really. It's more like myself because I. it's like, but but I also, I forgive myself. How could it be any other way? I I, I would, you know, I, this was, these were the lies that I was told. This was how I was programmed. I didn't know any better. But it's also like, what the fuck? Why didn't somebody fucking tell me? Well, they didn't know. Nobody knew. But now I know or I know something. And it's like, okay, now I have to accept the world for fucking what it is. That it's total fucking madness. The human beings are cruel and they're fucking, they're they're blind. And they're in distortion and they're self-serving and they lie. And that's like, there's no escape from that. And and ultimately, you know, to be in deep acceptance of the truth of that. And then to see the beauty in it. I mean, that's God. And so that's where I'm trying to get to. That's like, I know that's the end game and I'm trying to see it that way. But it's sometimes it's like, yeah, I'm still in my like fuck that fuck them fuck this and 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 also that's not like bad like there is a way which you have to be intolerant of of certain things like that's it's not okay that is not okay like you you do have to go to war against evil you have to take up arms against evil you have to say that's a lie i refuse to tolerate it i'm not going along with it no Mm-hmm. and suffer the consequences because no, we shouldn't accept everything mm-hmm. so I don't know yeah that's how I feel well I guess I just want to say that I appreciate what you've been holding And, um, and I feel something in myself that I have never felt before in the way that I'm feeling it now that is somewhat similar to what you're saying. It's like a kind of, it's a kind, it feels like a kind of strength inside of me that's like, that's not willing to compromise. You know, it's not willing to go back into the darkness, like in in the same way. It's like, okay, um, I'm, I'm holding this in myself and 
there are things that are that I'm good with and there are things that are not okay. Yeah. And in myself and in my family, with my with people in the world, yeah. with with certain situations, like it's like I'm I'm it's getting clearer and clearer. And it feels good. Mm-hmm. It feels good to be in this place, you know? And so I just like I, I it just feels like a place of me just practicing here. Yeah. You know? So I hear you and I hear the you know, that, that the, this place where you haven't been able to be in truth with yourself in some way, you know, that where you've betrayed yourself, Yeah. that, that, that the anger of, of that, you know, the hold being able to like hold that in a, in a, in a different way. And like the feeling the the anger of it is actually helping you to hold it. Yeah. And so I, I really understand that now, you know, and and that it, it will it will shift. Yes, it will. Sh- I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, but that that's just the n- natural place. Yes, like, and of course, you know, it's kind of like what we teach in terms of boundaries. You know, it's like I've said this before, probably on this podcast. Like, you know, when when you're first teaching somebody boundaries with somebody else, at first it can come out as a fuck you, and then later on you can say, sorry, I just meant no, thank you. You know, but at that beginning part, it's just, it's just energy. That's like, you know, like, no, that's not okay. No, like stop it. Yeah. You, you, you you overcompensate in a way or, you know, you, yeah, it takes, yeah, sometimes it comes off a little too strong, but once that energy becomes embodied, it's like, you can say no calmly and assertively simply, and the person will feel it and they will not, they won't, they won't, they, they will not come. They're not coming. They're not. You. Yeah. They're not going to challenge it. They, they'll just feel it. And that's sort of where I want to get to with the truth or, you know, what I see. It's like where I'm not screaming and screaming and yelling about, well, this doesn't make any sense or that's a lie. It's just like really simple. Like, I don't think we should be giving young children puberty blockers. That's how I feel. Mm. That's wrong. That to me is wrong. And just stand in that Mm -hmm. like firmly and solidly and feel the goodness of that. Mm. And people are going to uh, make all kinds of judgments about what that means. Right. Mm -hmm. And I can tolerate that. And because they're in a lie. And and as soon as they do that to me, that's how I know they're in a lie. How? What do you mean? By that, by then making assumptions about what that means. So if I, you know, if I say, well, if they're like, oh, then you're a transphobe or you're, they make all kinds of assumptions about who I am or what that means based on what I'm saying, then I know that they're, they're defended, right? They're now attacking me. So that, that is the, the, the tell that they don't actually, uh, deep down believe in what they're saying. Which is the whole issue with this, you know, the the whole concept, the transgender concept. Again, let me say it again. There are transgender. It's a real thing. There are people that are transgender. They should be accepted and supported in our society. They should not be discriminated against. And, but this idea that I have to affirm somebody's identity. First of all, identity is, is a function of ego. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, identity is ego. That's what it is. So you're saying you have to, you must affirm what I believe about myself. It's like, well, if you need me to affirm it, then I, I'm suspicious that you believe it yourself. Why, or otherwise, why do you need me to affirm it? Why do you demand that I think how you think? If you really believe this thing, then what do you care what I think? I mean, I think that people would say, because what you think is going to hurt people. That's Well, that's the lie. Hmm. Because the belief is that I have to affirm your identity in order to accept you. No, I don't. I don't have to, I can accept you. I can accept you. If a transgender woman needs, why can't I just accept? I can accept you as a human being. I can accept in, in every capacity, right? Like you can, we can come work beside each other. We can do whatever, ever, every, everything, everything. We can be best friends, whatever, right? But it's like, why do you need what like that 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 acceptance of whatever and i can even accept that you believe that you're a real woman i can accept that but it doesn't mean that i have to believe it i don't believe it mm. but can you accept me in the place where i don't believe that and still stay in connection and can you understand why i wouldn't believe that because if you're asking for tolerance then i want it too and what I'm saying is completely fucking reasonable. Mm-hmm. And to make me bad and wrong, that now I'm suspicious. Now you're pushing me away. I mean, I think that this is what we're... And I feel manipulated. I, I think that this is what we're trying to do, like with each other and with just yeah. in, our, in, in our relationships with people. But I think that, that what, this is also what we're trying to teach is how do you stay in connection with somebody who is... thinks completely differently from you yeah i mean i'm doing it with my husband right you know like all the time i'm sure that there are a lot of other people that are also doing it with their partners you know Mm -hmm. and it's 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 not any different from what you're saying like like this uh, you know something that that is in the culture in this way like yeah we're we're all just human beings you know trying to see each other yeah and stay connected yeah in some way mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not possible sometimes it's not possible and sometimes i think what happens is it whether it happens w- within ourselves within our interpersonal relationships or within a culture is we the divide the the change that's necessary the change that's needed the evolution that wants to occur is so uh, transformative and upsetting, and uh, that it 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 requires war, and that could be in the form of a, a breakup, a divorce, uh, or some kind of actual war. And that that um, am I am I saying that as uh, is because I I I support that, or I'm just saying that that's what it is. That's what it's been throughout history. And that seems to be the pattern. Mm-hmm. And I feel that that's what's happening in the culture right now. Mm-hmm. Is that we are at some kind of 
we are in a civil war, whether it's, you know, muskets out in the battlefield, it's certainly happening on Twitter and the, you know, in the, in the digital realm. I mean, you know, John Robb writes about this fourth generation warfare. It's all, it's all digital. It's all, it's online, right? It's, it's like played out in, in people's consciousness. You're, you're trying to bring people into a way of thinking and we had, and the technology is so powerful right now. It's very easy to persuade people. It's very easy to use emotional triggers to pull people into a tribe and then get that tribe to um, act together and cohesively to uh, take out other members of the tribe who are a threat, like Trump, like Andrew Tate, right? These are casualties on the battlefield. That's exactly what it is. It's like, and who are they going to go after? They're going to go after, you know, the strongest, the strongest, the person who's having, you know, the most impact. You're going to try to take them out. So of course they're going to try to cancel Trump and they're going to rationalize it. Andrew Tate needs to go. He needs to be canceled. Why? Because his message is dangerous. Dangerous to who? Dangerous to you and your ideology. That's who it's dangerous to. What is that? What do you see? In in what? I mean, I like Andrew Tate. Yeah. Well, he's 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 sovereign. He's a sovereign man who's preaching traditional masculine values. He's he's what is he preaching? He's preaching self responsibility. He's preaching strength. He's telling men, you have to be fucking strong. Don't make excuses. You got to get up in the morning. You go to work. Like your value as a man is contingent upon you, what you can produce and what you do. And so get out there and do it. Make yourself as strong as fucking possible. Get to work. I mean, Take I- action. Be bold. Be courageous. Speak up. Speak your mind. Like, And I- that, that that value is actually what women want. Right. And he's, and he's, he's basically, he's calling, you know, and you can agree or disagree with it. But what he's saying is this is, he's very clear about it. He's like, I don't, my job as a man is to provide and protect. That's my responsibility. And when my woman comes to me with a problem, I solve it for her. And her responsibility is to take care of the feminine aspects of the relationship, which are raising the children Cooking, cleaning. I take care of my business. She takes care of her business. I'm really good at this. She's really good at that. Now he's gonna he's a he's on one end of an extreme end of the spectrum. Okay, so he's gonna attract women who are on the extreme end of the other spectrum, and that's what he's about. Not everybody's on the extreme end, and obviously there's a lot of crossover in the middle. But he's what he's saying is that that extreme end of the spectrum isn't bad. Mm. There's nothing wrong with it. In fact, it's good. And in fact, there's a lot of men you, that would be better served to take on that responsibility and take it on seriously. And there's a lot of women that that's actually what they want. Do you really want to be working 78 hours a week in a, in a law firm when you're a woman at 30? Or would you rather be at home taking care of your kids? What is actually going to be more rewarding for you? And maybe a lot of women out there have been sold a lie. To make your career more important than your family? Doesn't that seem a little distorted? Now, if that's women should have the option to choose that, certainly, and it wasn't an option. And so it's not, I'm not throwing feminism under the bus and saying it's completely, 
wrong. Yes, if women choose not to want to have children or not to orient themselves to the family, they want to go out in the world and have a successful career, whatever that looks like, become the president of the United States and work 90 hours a week, have at it. But I don't think that's most women. I think that's a very small group of women. I think most women are going to be more satisfied staying at home and having children. Why do you want to work 70 hours a week? Who the fuck wants to work 70 hours a week? I've always said this. It's like, I look forward to women running the world and then complaining that it's a shitty job. Well, I don't think that also, I mean, I think that there's a lot of women who don't just want to just raise children. Of course, of course. And I understand that it, there's a there's a gender box that feminism has helped them get out of and and that there's another gender box that men have been in as as providers and all of that. Like, I'm open to all of those arguments, right? But it's like, there's a lot of women out there have been programmed to mm-hmm. to, to think that the career, their career is the thing and they've denied a certain aspect of themselves. And that's just as, that's just as destructive as it's just the pendulum swung too far the other way. And that's what a lot of, I mean, I see it all over TikTok now. Tons of women saying like, I got sold, feminism sold me a lie. I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to work 70 hours a week. I want to have kids. I want to raise my kids. Let the husband, let my man, my man, I'm going to marry a man who wants to work. It's perfect. He can provide. And I'll make him a sandwich and take care of the kids. Great. And that has been shamed in them. And there's a lot of women right now realizing it that, that, that that's the case and they're resentful and they're angry about it. And so that's one of the things that I think Andrew Tate is represents. Mm. You know, it's just the whole speech he gave. It's about that. It's like, there's like guys out there. They want to be strong. They want to be courageous. They want to make money. They want to have hot chicks. And it's, it doesn't mean we're bad. It's like, that's the masculine imperative. And there's, a, there's like a, a woman I've been listening to. I get, she's got some podcasts or something and her, her whole She's probably 30 years old and she's just challenging feminism. That's all she's doing. And these women are saying, well, you know, um, just because I have a high body count, that's the whole thing. Just because I slept with 50, 100 guys uh, doesn't mean that I shouldn't be able to, you know, marry a good guy, you know, when I turn 30 and have kids. And her point was, well, well, there's a lot of men that they don't want to marry a woman who's spent her 20s sleeping with a bunch of guys they don't they don't want that and they're like well that's their their prejudice they you know they're they're shaming women's sexual sexuality they're slut shaming and her point is like well that's their preference you have your preference and you want them to respect your preference why don't you respect their preference like why don't they get to have their preference that's their preference why are you shaming them like she's just turning it back it's like there's every action that's fine she's like i'm not judging you you can do whatever you want but don't be upset when your action has consequences. Hmm. And that's exactly right. So you also had a whole generation mm-hmm. of women who were told by these radical, I would say radical feminists, not most feminists, but they were the ones who had the loudest voices that essentially said, you're not responsible, right? You don't have to be responsible in any way that the society is discriminating. It's men. It's all men's fault. Men, men, men are bad. You're not responsible for what? For you're not responsible for the things that you're not getting. So if you're not successful in your career, it's because of the patriarchy. Oh, you know, if you're doing all the housework at home, it's because of the patriarchy. It's because it's all about men. It's men are bad. Men are wrong. Men are judging. 
it's like, well, yeah, maybe I'm sure there's, there's definitely some truth in that. And it's like, there's a lot of shitty men out there. I'm not questioning that. There's a lot of men there's misogyny is real. And it, it, of course, but it's also like, you know, she asked the question. It's like, well, if you keep dating men on che- that who cheat on you, it's the very question, you know, that we've been talking about. It's like, then why are you dating? Why do you keep dating men who cheat on you? And they don't have an answer to that. You know, and then it goes to, well, actually, because I like dating men who cheat on me because they're high value men and I want to date a high value man and high value men have a lot of women that are attracted to them. Hmm. And so I may go be upset that my man is cheating on me, but there's some kind of primitive part of me that actually likes it. It's turned on by it. Because that, that's an indication that I'm dating a high value man. Do you want to date a, a man that no other woman wants? Well, no. Now it doesn't rationalize the cheating, but it's just to say that like, it's complicated and we've lied to ourselves. I mean, if we go, you look at history, you know, how has it been? It's, it's one, the dominant male, like, you know, has most of the women. So Andrew Tate's going to have, if you just let society run itself, you've let hypergamy just go, right? Then you would have Andrew Tate would have 10 wives. And the woman would, they'd go along with it because they prefer to have hit that guy. I'm going to, I want the strongest man's children. And this guy can provide for 10 women, no problem. And so I'm going to be with this guy. I'm going to share him with these other women because that's going to, I'm going to have the strongest kid. Children, I don't want to go with this other loser over here who's going to be totally faithful to me and make $100,000 a year. I don't want that. On on a primal primitive level, on the kind of, you know, ape aspect of us that's in us and that's why you know that's why you know when jordan peterson talks about um the enforced monogamy that a culturally enforced monogamy or why the church enforces monogamy why the church or the state or the culture tries to keep sexuality in check Right and tries to basically tries to keep people monogamous and tries to keep women in particular from being too promiscuous. Because once women are given permission to be promiscuous, then men have no incentive to marry them and to be monogamous. Mm. And so what then you have happen is, and we know this from dating apps, 80% of the women are after 20% of the men. 80% of the women are after 20% of the men on dating apps. Mm. Mm-hmm. They're not interested in, whereas men are, men are much more flexible in who they'll date, right? Men will go for a five or a six or a seven women. They want eight and up. That's it. Six feet, six inches, six figures. And it's like, that's my standard. Why should I have to tolerate anything less than that? I'm an empowered woman. I sh- you know, why shouldn't I have my standards? It's like, fair enough. Well, then men get to have their standards. And they want a fucking 22-year-old hottie. And maybe they want three of them. Well, I think the thing with Andrew Tate, I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I, like, I, I wasn't a follower or anything like that. But, right. I, but I've seen a couple of his videos and, you know, just had my own kind of like, <laughs> who is this guy? But it seemed to me that there are certain uh, 
men, as you said, like that really got a lot out of what he was saying. Yeah. But the thing is like the way that he kind of, what it looks like just from the, you know, just from the outside of it. Yeah. It just looks like he's not somebody who's good to women. And then there was that video that came out, which was like him, like looking like he, he, or they were having a conversation. She's on, she's on all fours. Like it looks like he's just beat her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then she, she, he's saying, why did, why did I just do that? And you know, there's a whole thing that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. He's, 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 uh, yeah, he's yeah, it's like he's beating her or something. Yeah, and so, mm-hmm. you know, people see that and yeah. that's what it looks like. And Yeah. But the thing that you said to me, which But actually- just just to, just and I know I said this to you, but it's like that woman in the video came out right. and said like that was a role play, that's what we used to do. He's a good guy. He's a total gentleman and we're still friends to this day and there's this is the point. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Tate, yeah, he uses the word bitch a lot bitches and all this stuff and he's provocative and i think now he understands because i've seen his videos that he has a responsibility and he didn't understand that responsibility or he's intentionally being provocative and he probably does have issues with women you know i'm not i'm not suggesting he's a perfect guy right and i understand why people would have that perception but if you dig deeper into it like if you actually pay attention to the things that he's saying and of course, I interviewed Andrew Tate, right? And so I got to spend two hours with him and I got a real feel for who he is. And I could see underneath the facade and I could see that he was interested in me. And I know, and he reached out to me and asked for me to interview him again, which indicates to me that he knows there's things about himself that maybe he doesn't fully understand that he would like to understand because he knows that I'm a, you know, a, a psychotherapist and he knows the way that I came at him. So that tells me he's, He's got a certain kind of humility and then in large part what he's doing because the internet is an entertainment platform is it's an act, right? There's a performative element to it. And if you see the smile behind the eyes, right? And you see the interview he did with the two comedians, I forget the, the male, female comedian team when he started going into like, and then this bitch came up to me, the comedians laughed. Right. Including the woman, because they could see that it was an act. They could see that it was part of a shtick. And then he would laugh and they all had fun with it. And so I understand the average person is going to see that and they're not going to get that. Right. But underneath, he actually is a good guy. And so that and the, and it, the proof is in the pudding, because now you have all these women coming out and saying, standing up for him and saying, I, I dated Andrew Tate. He's a great guy. I, Andrew Tate invited me to a party. I went over, there was lots of women there. He didn't make a move on me. He was the total gentleman. He paid for everything. He's actually kind of a little bit shy. He went off and played like a chess on his computer, like painted a whole different image of him. And there are zero women. And we'd know about this because it'd be everywhere who are coming forth and saying, this guy abused me. This guy was an asshole. There's zero women. Yeah, that's the thing that got me. I was like, really? Like that? Yeah, because there's so many other men that's like one woman comes out and there's another woman that comes out or, you know, some, like, I just, well, John of God, like that was one of the things. Did you, do you know John of God? The guy who was from Brazil, who was like the healer. He would, he would do these psychic surgeries or spiritual surgeries right. on people, like had thousands and thousands of followers, right. including Oprah, you know, it was like a whole thing. 
And he was a pig, turns out. Turns out. Yeah. You know, 600 women came out. Right, right. And so when you said that zero women came out about Andrew Tate, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, that, that's, that says something. Yeah. Yeah. I think he really is a good guy. Uh, that's, I mean, that, that's the feeling I got from him. Again, not to say that he's a perfect guy, not to say that he hasn't been an asshole at times and, I'm, you know, whatever. But um, that's the feeling I, that I got. And, and that what happens to people is they, it happened to Joe Rogan, right? Like you, you're fighting to be seen. You're fighting, you know, you're, you're, you're doing your thing. And, and it's, it's, it can be, it's true for me in, in a way. And at a certain point you achieve a certain stature and you have a lot of people looking at you and then you realize, Oh shit, I have a responsibility. I have to be, I actually have to be really careful with what I say because things I can say can be misinterpreted. And I think most of the men out there, honestly, and this is, this is, I think what people don't understand, they get that Andrew, it's just, it's a shtick with Andrew Tate. Like they get it. Mm -hmm. Right. And they, they think it's funny. They think Andrew Tate's funny. But if you're on the other side and you're, you're thinking this guy's indoctrinating young men to be misogynist and to hate women and to um use the word bitch and, and and that's not the case at all like i don't i don't think that that that's the message that he's putting out i don't think that's what uh men are receiving i think what men are receiving is like if you want to have a good woman if you want an attractive woman if you want a high status woman you got to be a high status man and the way to do that is to fucking work your fucking ass off well, I think, I mean, you you might be right in terms of the men. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think par- part, of, part of it is also the children, like kids, you yeah. know, that are listening. And yeah. that's that's a different thing, you know? It's like, uh, who knows what's going on, what's going in for them. Yeah, but the, the, yeah, but that's all, you know, that's Marilyn Manson, that's Eminem, that was Elvis, that's Madonna. I mean, that's that, a, a never-ending uh, controversy that we have in society about these people who are pushing the limits of things. And well, well, certain people are going to misunderstand what they mean and they're going to go off and, you know, do something bad with it. It's like, you can never stop that. But I watched his message, his, his, uh, final thoughts or whatever it was. And he, yeah, he, he was completely reasonable. And then he came out <laughs> two days later and on a live stream on rumble and just went off for, for like an hour and a half. And, uh, it was so fucking funny. It was so entertaining. It was, you could just see how much fun he was having. And, um, yeah, I like it. I mean, you need these characters. But, you know, this is what's happening. It's all, all these lies are being exposed and he's a part of that. And, and he's, he, that's what he said in it, you know, in, in, the, in this rumble thing, he's like, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm basically building an army and there's more behind me. They're going to start speaking up and saying what's true for them because it's, it's scary to say what's true. It's scary. It's scary to say what you want, mm-hmm. right? Because you're shamed for what you want. And that's the same with this 
this female podcaster basically making the argument to feminists, why aren't men allowed to have the, what they want? What, why are you shaming them for the thing that they're saying that they want? And you can judge it, you can, and you know, but you're saying what you want. Why don't they get to have what they want? And that, I, I relate to that. Because I feel like I was made bad. All my life. Mm. In part because I have a lot of that alpha energy. I mean, I have a, I mean, obviously I'm a psychotherapist. I have a, a very uh, evolved, I would say, or I don't even say it evolved, but strong feminine aspect to me. I mean, I'm very interested in people and emotions and all that. So my feminine is, you know, I'm, I'm not an uber masculine person, but I have a lot of masculinity. I have a part of me that is very competitive and as an athlete, like extremely aggressive and intense and wants to win and dominate and, you know, was obsessed with war for as long as I can remember. G.I. Joe's and war movies and violence. And I loved it. And I still do. And I was always told, oh, you're so intense. You're so intense. Mm-hmm. So intense. It's like, like it's a bad thing. You're too much. It's too much. And the only place I felt like I could get it out was in hockey. I could go out and just that kind of aggression was welcome. But it felt to me that it was shamed everywhere else. And so, yeah, I think a lot of men and and understandably so, right? I mean, you know, this is like the, the, the heart of a lot of like John Wineland's work and this polarity work which is a lot of men, you know, who grew up during, you know, the the, the 80s, 70s and 80s and 90s, the kind of, the, during all these different waves of feminism and, and were really sympathetic and wanted to be supportive of women. And so we kind of uh, stepped back a little bit. And you know, stopped opening the, like we were told like, oh, don't open the door for a woman. Like all the kind of old school values. Like you don't have to support a woman. Men and women are the same. They're exactly the same and any differences in the way that they are out in the world are just culturally informed. And so I bought into that. I was like, okay. I mean, that's what, that's what I was told the second I got to University of Toronto in 1988, you know, that's what I was informed of by, you know, the school newspaper and by, my professors, my female professors. I was like, okay. And then I played that out. And then I remember starting to date, uh, wasn't until I got to LA and was 28 years old and dated this woman from Texas. And she was an old school woman. And she just, uh, strongly let me know that I was to hold the door open for her and open the car door and pay for dinner. Like what the fuck? And I was like, I thought that was sexist. And she's like, I don't know where the fuck you got that from. But that's not how I do it. That's not how we do it here in Texas, you know. I was like, okay, and then I and I liked it. it. Felt good to me. And then I tried that out with other women, and you know, to to varying degrees, some of them were didn't like it, or 
you know, they, they push back against it. And then I would try to explain it to them and they would be very confused because I could see that they wanted it, but mm-hmm. then they, they felt shame about it, mm-hmm. about that aspect that wanted to be taken care of. They want their man to take care of them. That's not okay. And it's, you know, even, you know, I always tell this story dating this woman who's super successful woman, big time actress, made a lot of money, worked all the time. Her favorite thing to do was cook. That's all she did was watch cooking shows. She had stacks of cooking magazines. So she's like, I want you to come over. I can't come over. I'm going to cook you dinner. I was like, great. And uh, she cooked me dinner, served it to me. And she was all like grumpy about it. She's like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, I don't like being in this role of like cooking you dinner and serving you dinner. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) You crazy? You love cooking. What? What? You've been indoctrinated. Like, enjoy it. It's fine. I'm not expecting it. I'm not demanding it. You know, and I felt like, I felt sad for her. Mm. Something had been robbed. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of women feel that way. And a lot of men feel that way. Right? Right. Well, we've talked about this. Yeah. I mean, I So, so it's, something's coming back around. And I, you know, and it's, this is just how it happens. But the lies are being exposed. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is how they, this is how the lies are exposed. And there's all kinds of nuance. I understand that. And people are, you know, listening and saying, well, there's this and there's that. And there's, yeah, for sure. I'm not, you know, there's all kinds of nuance to, to all these things, but. Lies are evil. And even well-intentioned lies. And that's, that's I think, the thing that's most important to understand. Well, it's not entirely true, but we don't want to hurt their feelings. It's like, eh. No, that person is going to be resentful later in life that you lied to them because it's condescending. You know, it's the right thing to do because, I don't know, it's like, it's never the right thing to do, which is to lie or a white lie or, or to just even misrepresent the truth. It's never the right thing to do. We have to tell the truth to ourselves, to the world. It It's, you know, this is what Jordan Peterson talked It orients things. And as soon as we're in a lie, like we're, we're disoriented and that it's that lie that leads us to hell. It's so interesting that you're saying this right now, because I can feel like I feel a little bit disoriented right now. You do? Yeah. Like, like it feels like it's, uh, uh, something else wants to, I don't know what, like we, there, there's another place for us to go, but I'm not exactly sure where. Hmm. I'll feel for a second. Maybe you'll. I don't know what I feel. You well, you said you feel disoriented. Um. Is there something that I said? Is no, there... it just it just feel. I get. I, Are you it scared? Feels, no. 
it just feels like the energy, like something, something came down Mm -hmm. and it was like, I just had this feeling like, okay, now something's going to, it's it's like the shift, something's supposed to shift now. Well, we can go to the, uh, reader feedback. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. (laughs) Is that, I mean, I feel like there's, there's some emails that we received that, you know, maybe worth talking about. I mean, they may lead us to this thing. I don't know. Okay. Does that feel right to you? Yeah. It feels, it just feels like a shift to something. I just could feel that. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So we're getting some emails from people and you know, I, I, I just want to say, I think I said this in one of the last po- podcasts, but just that I really appreciate when people are writing to us. I, I feel like it takes so much courage for them to write to us and, and say what they feel or say what's going on for them or, you know, whether or not they're supporting you or whether they're supporting me and they're mad at me and they're mad at you or, you know, whatever it is, you know? Yeah. And I just, it's, I, I, I love it because I, I feel like it, like we're, we're taking it in and I think it's, it's doing something to us, to the podcast and to, you know, the people who are writing. I, I really, I just, I just want to acknowledge that. So. Well, it feels, I mean, they take the time to write. It's, it's an indication that it's whatever it is we're doing here. This experiment is having some kind of impact. Right. Yeah. It's affecting them. It's stirring things up, which is the point. So yeah, of course the, the feedback is, um, and the emails. Yes. Even though they're, you know, sometimes they're not always easy to read. No, de- definitely not. <laughs> they are, uh, they're welcome and, and appreciated. And they're, and they're almost always, uh, at least the ones that I've read are, uh, are insightful. Yeah. We have very insightful, Mm -hmm. smart, um, like emotionally intelligent listeners. (laughs) That's right. I, I'm, I'm very struck by, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that. So here's from a listener. This is, uh, uh, I just heard the fight podcast. That was a couple of podcasts ago. And the fight podcast was, uh, just to recap was in response to, uh, there was a podcast before that where I was very dominating and there was, uh, and I was it, very submissive and you were very submissive and we got some feedback on that and somebody, and it triggered something in you and you got angry with me and then we, we got into it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this listener says, okay, I just heard this fight podcast. I don't like how you were scapegoated. No. Here's my audience perspective. She wrote this to me. The podcast always starts with Angela fretting and flailing about what to say, what people (laughs) think, or the fact that she smoked pot. It makes an audience impatient to dwell on this too long. My first impression of the first podcast I heard of you two, I had a lot of impatience. This isn't personal. It's about my engagement level for a show with strangers talking. I needed someone to swoop in and direct and engage and move it along. So what she considers dominating felt helpful and even supportive to both Angela's needs and the podcast flow itself. Thank you. (laughs) Angela constantly verbalizes being stressed out to talk at the intro. And so she seems to want someone to take the reins. That's true. So she can warm up and be put at ease. So I found the dominating uh, a response 
So I found the dominating a response to her worrying that seemed helpful, not overbearing. It seemed helpful. Mm. My dominating was helpful, not overbearing. It seemed like you volunteering to drive because the person in the driver's seat keeps complaining about the driving. <laughs> so yes, yeah, she becomes a passenger because she's complaining about driving. <laughs> that that's that. I, I just want to say that's a hundred percent correct. Uh, in that, I, yeah, and yeah. I, I think I probably said this, but. I did like I, I was very aware that I did not want to talk and and that I let you and then there was something in the energy of that kind of inertia that happened mm-hmm. for me that was, you know, then then came out in the next podcast. But yeah, that that's very true. Thank you. Okay. Um she goes on, she says some By other the way, things. I want everyone to know I had I have not heard this. Yeah, before. yeah, no. <laughs> Um, she goes on, she says some other thing. I'm not, I'm not, but I'll just skip ahead. I'm sure you're, you're, you're blunt and brash and I can see why that can feel dismissive, but I also feel it's an attempt to amp and hype and be entertaining. <laughs> not enough benefit of the doubt and curiosity extended to you and a lot of blame and assumed motives. Exactly. I'm trying to be entertaining people. <laughs> Do you want to be reasonable? If I'm just reasonable all the time, it's not going to be, enter- nobody's going to listen. Okay, so the fact that you're triggered, I, you think, I, I know what I'm doing, okay? I'm trying to make it entertaining. I want you upset. I want you, what the fuck is he talking about? He's fucking crazy. Uh, obviously, okay? This is what it is. Um, and so, but yes, in doing that, I'm going to get feedback that tells me that I'm wrong and an asshole. And uh, so there's, anyway, there's that feedback. And Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. And then, uh, so this is from another listener. Uh, hi, Dave and Angela. I just finished listening to episode 20 of your podcast after listening and having a deep response to episode 19. I wrote to Angela individually about the episode 19, but I really wanted to share my thoughts about episode 20 with you both. Should you read this? I don't want to be dominating and read both of them. (laughs) Since I read the one that criticizes you, perhaps you can read the one that criticizes me. Okay, fine. Go ahead. Read it. Firstly, I love your episodes together and learn so much from watching you relate honestly and fully and with all the parts of yourselves. And I feel so strongly how I don't want any parts to be dimmed in this process. And I love the truth, as both of you seem to as well. And I just can't get over the part in episode 20 where Angela talks about how this hysterical killer energy might be an energy that Dave is unconsciously provoking in others. In rebuttal... Dave says something along the lines of, okay, but are you willing to let that apply to everything, including women who wear mini skirts provocatively and get sexually assaulted? Okay, hold on. Let me just, let's, let's just give some context here because there was a, there was a, we were going, we, you were saying to me that I, you feel this rage towards me. You were feeling this and you wanted to kill me and you were, you were implying that there's something in what I'm doing that is evoking that in you. Mm -hmm. And that I need to take responsibility for that, right? And that, 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 and that I'm getting, and the fact that I'm getting that out in the world, right? There must be something I'm doing that's provoking that in people. Mm-hmm. And my response was, okay, if you want me to take responsibility for that, are you willing to have the women out there who wear miniskirts and get raped take responsibility for the fact that they are provoking that response in men, which is obviously a very extreme thing to say. Mm-hmm. And I knew that was going to provoke a lot of response, but that's what she's referring to. Um, Yes. Do they also invite that towards them? 
Two things that bother me about this exchange. One, Dave, I don't actually think you wanted an honest answer to that question. I think you wanted Angela to feel backed into a corner and scared to say, yes, that does apply to those women. Or you may have wanted her to feel like she had unequivocally been proven wrong. I wonder if a part of you wanted her to feel helpless and defeated and possibly even humiliated. I wonder what you might have been feeling, what you might have been feeling in that moment. Two, I think that, should, should I stop there for a minute and just? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I felt unseen. That's what I felt. And so, yeah, I wanted to punish you. I want I no, yes, I was totally, she's, she's right. I was, I was just like, okay, that, that's fair. But if you're going to play that game, then we're going to play it across the board. We have to, we have to apply it everywhere. Okay. If but- you're going to ask me to take responsibility for the reaction that I evoke in other people, then we, we, we have to apply that to everything and everyone. But that's and, all I was saying. That, which is fine. But I think she's right in that it, it, we didn't, um, like, it did in a way distract me yeah. from going back into finding out what the answer to that question was for you. Well, it's the, the answer to the question, the answer to the question is yes. But in, I get, and I guess my response, and you're going to read more of the email and, and my, you know, my response to the email, cause she goes on to explain well, she, well, this phenomenon, but, but hold on. Yeah. So, so yes, yes. That you understand that I understand. Some- I understand that there's something that I'm doing that is evoking rage in other people, and that I have to take responsibility for that. Do you know what it is that you're doing? Um, what is it that I'm doing? I am. I think I'm trying to uh, 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 get connection. What do you mean? Well, it, because I feel like, I mean, if you're holding back, like if you're not, like I, I, I feel like what happens is people are very afraid of conflict and people are, I'm not afraid of being angry or out or being in direct conflict. It doesn't, I mean, it's not, it's not that it never scares me, but like once I'm in it, I feel, I don't feel it's like bad. And so you, f- you feel more connected. I feel more connected because I feel like more truth is coming out. So I want somebody like it doesn't bother me to when somebody starts screaming and yelling at me it feels like a relief yeah but but that but you also complain about people screaming and yelling at you not no i don't i don't yeah you do well when they do it on twitter passive aggressively when they do it directly to my face i've never i've never once when you've lost your shit on me which is rare i'm like i'm happy All right like thank you yeah that's true it's but- the passive aggressive bullshit that i don't like but if somebody wants to come in here and tell me that I'm a fucking asshole to my face, I'm all for it. Tell me that I'm wrong and, and explain all the reasons and all the things they want to do to me. That's great. Okay. But the place where you're, I mean, the very, so we're talking about something very specific, mm-hmm. like people online right. screaming at you, like yeah. the, the energy of yeah. that, that's coming towards you. Yeah. So is there some way in which you are calling that towards yeah, you? Yes. And I think the answer is yes and no. Which is my point with the, the the rape thing. I think it's a yes and a no. I think there's a lot of nuance to it. And I think in the place where it's like I'm you're telling me essentially that I you know, that I'm responsible for all the stuff that's coming at me, I'm like fair, that's a fair point. 
and there's something that I have to take responsibility for. There's something unconscious that I'm doing. But also, when I make a joke on Twitter about um, the Capitol, somebody smoking pot in uh, uh, the January 6th riot, and I get barraged with thousands of messages calling me a Nazi, uh, no, I'm not taking responsibility for that. Those people are psycho. I'm not take, I'm I'm not like I'm not responsible for that. I'm not respond. You know, it's like I'm I'm allowed to make a joke, mm-hmm. right? Like it's like I have my point of view on that, and it's like a whole bunch of people are indoctrinated into believing that that's like the worst thing that's ever happened in the United States, and this was a real insurrection, and the whole thing was in danger, which is complete fucking bullshit, as far as I'm concerned. It's a total narrative. It's to- all propaganda. And I make a joke about somebody smoking weed that I, I I I would have gladly smoked weed in the Capitol with this great patriot. Obviously a fucking joke. And but in any way that I'm making a joke or 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 uh, not denouncing this insurrection, that somehow I'm provoking that in people. No, I'm not. I'm not taking responsibility for that. Just like I'm not taking responsibility for the fact when I first came out as like sympathetic to Trump. I wasn't even all like pro Trump, but I was just like, I don't think Trump is evil. I think talking about him in an evil way is fucking dangerous. And then I get a message from somebody basically saying like, you need to be a a good friend of mine. Like one of my closest friends, you need to be against him or you're with him. And it's one or the other. And if you're with him, if you're not like actively countering him, you're essentially, you know, supporting totalitarianism and fascism. I'm not that. No, I'm not evoking that. The right. guy, that guy is a cra- That's a crazy person in the grips well, what of about, a psychosis. What about your reaction? My reaction. Yeah. What do you mean, my reaction? Oh well, my, yes. I'm. Am I responsible for my reaction to that? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. My reaction of of feeling victimized and and resentful about it. Yeah, yeah. I'll take responsibility for that. For sure. But again, what I, I guess the point is, it's like, f- fair enough, fair enough, but also, you know, walk a mile in my shoes. Like you, you, like, you know what I mean? Well, what I want to say to people is you speak up against the establishment. You say the unpopular thing. You have the balls to speak up and then see what happens and see how you feel. And and when you do that, then you can tell me how I should react. Until then, you can shut the fuck up. That's how I feel. So I'll listen to people like Cernovich or Adam Townsend who or others who are counseling me during a time when I'm trying to be canceled because they are warriors in that fight. But I'm not listening to somebody, you know, who's never stuck their neck out and telling me that I'm doing it wrong. Fuck you. Well, you're reacting this way. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough. Just just like, and I, I guess this is the point that I'm making, it's like, you know, about the, the women wearing, you know, it's it's complicated. And no, those women don't, you know, as she goes on in the email, it, and you can read it. It's like, yeah. I, I agree with her. I agree with everything she's saying and she's absolutely right. So that was kind of the point that I was making, you know? Okay, let me go on. Yeah, Just, yeah. So two, I think the truth is, yes, sometimes women do unconsciously invite that energy towards them 
And I think it's a hard thing to talk about. Sometimes from a still unconscious place that is very much linked to a history of abuse slash neglect and a lack of protection as children, some women dress provocatively for reasons other than just self-expression. They want to invite the male gaze and male attention because they are seeking to fill a void in themselves. And then using the fawn response, they find themselves in situations with people who want to overpower them and they feel too scared slash overwhelmed and powerless to, to set boundaries and fight back because they continue to stay in their defensive strategy of fawning. This is likely why sexual exploitation and abusive relationships tend to cross generations. Children are not protected by their parents, and so they never learn to protect themselves, and they never learn to notice danger. I myself can feel the place in me that sometimes dresses in hopes to get male attention, and unless I get really clear with myself, I can place myself in situations that are not good for me. Both myself and any person who tries to overpower me hold responsibility for that situation. As a mother to a daughter, I want my daughter to understand that how she dresses can have consequences, consequences in our culture, and I also want to teach her that she has agency over her own body and that she can contain her own sexual energy so that people who prey on the vulnerable won't see her as vulnerable in that way. From that place in herself, she has the greatest chances to protect herself from the inevitability that some people want power over others and will seek to exploit. So the answer to your question, Dave, is at least for me, yes, that same logic does apply to women who dress provocatively sometimes. And I think that in those cases, the women's freedom lies in seeing the places she does things to get attention and the ways she, she fawns to others and keeps herself unprotected. That woman's freedom lies in investigating the ways she was so wounded in her childhood that she can't see the ways she is fawning for attention and doesn't notice potential harm. For some context, I work clinically with only with women, many of whom have suffered horrific abuse, striking this balance between self-responsibility and not overlooking the ways they have been victims is part of my work. And I also believe what is true is that sometimes a woman who is in her power and dressing in a sexy way is drugged or manipulated or mugged beyond her capacity to, def to defend herself, and she experiences sexual assault. And that woman's lesson might be something else to surrender to the fact that bad things happen in the world, even if we don't want them to, or something else that might be hidden from our consciousness. So in drawing this comparison to what Angela said about how you might be drawing a hysterical slash killing energy toward you, Dave, only you know the answer to that question based on what lies in your own unconscious and what may be hidden from view. Maybe Angela totally projected onto you and it is 100% hers to own. I do believe that happens and maybe not. I thought the comparison you drew did a disservice to the discourse around sexual assault and was a distraction from the real issue, which is that you are both co-creating a dynamic that may have familiar patterns in it and that there is a shared responsibility for the dynamic, even if that responsibility is to say, hey, Angela, thanks, but this is all your stuff. It just didn't seem like that was totally true. In the same ways Angela was unconsciously asking you to and expecting you to make space for her, I wonder where, Dave, you might be asking and expecting Angela to contain you. And similar to women learning to contain their own sexual energy as a way to avoid being exploited, I wonder where you may not be fully admitting the ways you could contain yourself more. Again, this is just what I am seeing and sensing, and I could be off. Thanks for listening and welcoming. I think you welcome this kind of thing. If you don't, feel free to disregard this. So I'll keep listening to this journey of honesty and real world relating that is so illuminating to listen to. No, I, I think that's spot on. Mm -hmm. I think it's very smart and insightful feedback. 
Mm-hmm. There's nothing I disagree with there, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even the, the direct comment about uh, me not being able or refusing to contain myself or making a demand on you to contain me. Is that, is that what she meant? I yeah. Think? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's places I have a hard time containing myself. You know, I can become hysterical. I've been, I've been called out on that. Yeah. It's, a, it's, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm working on it. I have to be, I have to be hyper vigilant. Hmm. I have to be, I can't, it's almost like I can't deviate from my routine at all. Hmm. Or I will, I, I have to be incredibly disciplined and strict with my routine or I can lose my container. Mm. And that's something that I I have to take more seriously. I'm 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 pretty good at it, but I could be better. And I I have to yeah. I'm I'm somebody who should be getting up at 5 a.m. every day and do like going through a routine and you know I should be really rigid and strict in my routine. Mm. That would be the, like a little baby because mm. when it's like if I'm a little baby and I'm out of my routine, I don't get fed at the right time or I I don't get enough sleep. I'm like. Ah! It's exa- and I have to I have to be the parent for myself there. That's totally true, and I I don't like that. I wish it wasn't that way, but it is. Well, even a glass of wine, a glass of wine, glass and a half of wine, stay up a little late. Next day, I'm like, Meh. I I'm no, I have to be hardcore. Mm. With my exercise, my routine, self-care, all of it. But here's what I would say about the other. This is my reaction to, uh, I mean, I, obviously I agree with everything she's saying in the email. And, 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 and I hear what she's saying about, you know, the disservice that I did with that response. My reaction to that is what's happened for me as a man is, uh, and this may, maybe this is unrelated. I don't, I don't think it is, is I feel like in the ways that I've been victimized by women are not taken seriously. The ways that you have been victimized by women. Yeah. Okay. Right. That we, we Mm -hmm. take very seriously in the culture, the way women are victimized by men and we should. Right. That's why cult leaders, we, we, that's why Keith Ranieri's in jail. Right. The guy from the Nexium cult mm-hmm. or whatever it was, uh, because they prey upon vulnerable, often young women. And we as a culture protect, we want to protect women from that. And I think that's correct. Um, but I was a very cute baby and kid. And I was the center of female attention all of my life. And I had a very dominating mother and without a father around. And so I learned to orient myself to the woman and to please the woman and that my self-esteem came in relation, relationship to, um, you know, being uh, seen and appreciated um, and desired by women. A lot of myself, in my whole career, that's what it was. I was like the perfect guy. 
right in 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 TV shows like mm-hmm. you know in, in you know that was the print literally was the Prince Charming at the end of Under the Tuscan Sun, mm. right now Gilmore Girls is a little different. I was you know, but it's the same. I was that, and then ultimately couldn't live up to that. But so. You know, my experience and that I I just I always felt like nobody gave a shit, like nobody um, cared or took seriously the way that I was incessantly objectified by women. And that it was painful and that it was crass and that it didn't feel good. And um not that uh, obviously I it, it, I can't be raped in in the same sense as a woman can be. So I, I understand it's not exactly the same, but there's an energetic dominant quality that I've been subjected to uh, by women, and, and and you know what what she's saying is that, yeah it comes from trauma or you know uh, not a, a strong sense of self, and so you're looking for something and it gets distorted and you get yourself into trouble. Again, I'm ultimately responsible for it, but that's what I learned. That's what I was taught. And I just remember, you know, like even during the training or in different workshops, like kind of bringing this up and it getting completely, not just dismissed, but almost mocked. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was painful. So yeah, I have a little bit of resentment around it. And so like when there's, it's like, you know, I need to take responsibility for the, the rage that I'm bringing up. It's just like, yeah, there's still a part of me. It's like, well, if you like, I'm, I haven't, once you see me there and, and, you know, um, understand, like take the time to understand what my experience was and have sympathy and compassion for it, then I'm a lot more willing to take responsibility for it. But I mean, that's not happening. Um, I think it's, you know, so, but, but that's, that's my story there with Mm. that. You know, there's still some place where it's like, I'm not seen there. And I, I think it's a place that in general, women don't see men. And I think there is a place I, and this, which goes to this, this you, other thing. Do you think where, that that's true about me? Uh, yeah, I think there's, I think there's, I think there's probably, I mean, I think you're more open to listening and I think you, you've received, you, yeah, no, you're open to receiving the things that I say. So maybe it's not entirely true of you. But, um, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I mean, the, the, the mental health industry therapist therapy is dominated by women. It's like 80% of therapists are women. And most of the workshops I've gone to are women. It's women running it, women in the workshops. And I cannot tell you the number of times that I've been told that I'm doing it wrong or I'm not getting it. Or there's, you know, something that I'm not seeing and I'm like, no, there's something you're not fucking seeing. You don't understand men. Mm-hmm. You have the fucking blind spot. And it's very hard to stand alone. And the, and also it attracts a certain kind of man, you know, with all due respect, that is not often uber masculine. So I was, I felt very often alone in these rooms and unseen and, and in some ways uh, demonized. Like that, that my masculinity, my aggression, my orientation was pathologized. You know, this has to do with your father and it's a longing for the father. And it's just like, yeah. And I don't process emotions the way you do. Men and women are different. 
And I know that because I do groups with women and I do groups with men. And, you know, most of the groups that we do are predominantly women. But when I do a men's group, it's a totally different vibe. Mm -hmm. They process in a different way. They don't talk as nearly as much. They're not interested in that. And when there is talking, they don't put up with it. And they're much more direct with each other and they just want to get to the feeling and there's less a need to contextualize everything and really understand. They just want to get into the emotion and the feeling. They want to fight. They want to wrestle. They want to scream. They want to yell. They want to hit. Right. It's a, it's a, and it's fine. It's just different. And so when I expressed aspects of that, you know, and I think what it, it, it scares, it scares women. It scares certain, not scares all women, but it can scare certain people. And so they want to make it bad. They want to make it wrong. And that, that's been my experience, you know, in this world. And I, and so, yeah, I have, I have some stuff around that. Mm. So that came up, I think in my reaction, which is why I went to the women in, mm. um, miniskirts card, because that's how it, that's for me, the equivalent, right? Oh, I see. Okay. Like we don't like, so all the problems, you know, like here's right. This is this other the pearly things. That's the podcast or whatever. This woman that I've kind of been paying attention to is confronting these feminists. So she had somebody on their show and they're reading all these statistics. I was talking about this yesterday with you about all of these societal problems jail, suicide, drug addiction, not graduating from high school, poverty, all of these bad things. It's like 80% of them, of these problems, uh, occur in people who uh, grew up in a home with a single mother. Almost all of the mass shooters Hmm. are from homes with a single mother. Now, of course, when you say single mother, like the women who were there on the podcast were like, well, you don't blame the mother. And they're like, we're not blaming the mother. We're not saying that the mother's doing anything wrong. We're just telling you what the stats are, right? And so it's like the point is when you don't have a man in the house, it's like bad things happen, right? That, that like this is not good. So it's like, the, you know, maybe and maybe it's more complicated than that. But I think what happens to a lot of boys, I think it's very detrimental for women as well. I think probably women, be, who knows what happens to women, but let's just talk about men. It's like you you don't have a father. And so the mother's energy tends to go towards the son, not towards the father. Mm-hmm. And so there's some distortion in the relationship that happens. Mm-hmm. There's something the child is not getting and they're being dominated in some way. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of women and, you know, this is true, especially now, right? They go out, they get pregnant and then they leave the man. Now, or the man leaves or whatever, but or they get with the man that they know is going to leave. Well, why you date? Why'd you fucking get pregnant by a man who's fucking leaves? Right. That's a that's a good question. Are you going to take responsibility for that? Like, that's what I would say. Like, you know, would you think was going to happen with this guy when you let him get pregnant? Right. So this is happening. And it's a problem. And so there's a lot of, yeah, anger and uh confusion and distortion and I don't think we want to look at it I mean you can't I said this once on Twitter I said like well you know some feminist was going on about toxic masculinity being the problem for these school shootings 
And I was like, well, these children are all growing up in homes with single mothers. And her response is like, what are you blaming the mothers? Like she didn't even want to talk about it. I'm like, I'm not blaming the mothers. I'm just telling you what it fucking is. Mm. How is it toxic masculinity when there was no man in the fucking household? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it's cultural. Well, he's growing up with a mother. His mother's the dominant force in his life. And he's going to school. That's all women. Early, early childhood education is again, 80% women. And you, and so these, that's where they're getting developed. That's where their attitudes, that's where they're getting indoctrinated. So exactly how is this toxic masculinity? Where is it happening? If it is happening, then it's, you must be, the women must be responsible for it. Cause we know that our attitudes are pretty much formed by the time we're seven, eight years old. And we're not allowed to talk about that. It's another fucking lie. So yeah, people. Of course, there's a lot of feelings. You ha- if you have like a, a mother that's dominant and you can't get out from under her, and she's manipulating and controlling you and and bringing her, her, you all of her need to you. You feel oppressed. You feel like burdened. So of course you're going to be angry. Of course you're going to hate women. Of course you're going to have a distorted relationship with the feminine. And again, we can't talk about it, right? Because we don't want, well, these women had to leave, men are bad, and we don't want to We don't want to uh, shame single mothers. Of course not, but we also want to look at the fucking problem square in the eye. We're just reading the stats. We're just telling you what's happening. It's a fucking problem. Do you hate women? I Well, the first thing that happened to me when I went to Esalen, when we went around, you know, the first workshop with Ann, First evening, you know, the little intro you do, two hours before you get into the all the heavy work, go around and say something that feels like a risk. I'll never forget, I squared off with this one woman who reminded me of my grandmother. And it just came out of me. I was like, I fucking hate women. And she looked at me like scared because the way I said it, like unapologetic, like no shame. It's just like, I hate women. And I'd never had that thought before. I didn't, I thought I loved women. And, you know, and that, that was the workshop where I ended up like killing my mother. And what happened there was, I mean, we're going on and on, but whatever. It's like what happened in that workshop was, again, the workshop was 80% women, 90% women. It was almost all women. I think there was three guys there. It was like 20 some people. And I was 35 years old. I was on a TV show. I was buff. I mean, I was, you know, I was fucking hot as fuck. And so all of these women wanted to do these processes around their husbands or their boyfriends or their dads. Well, who do you want to work with? Pick somebody. And it's like, of course, they picked me every time. And I'm an actor. So I can role play like a champ, right? And so I was getting all of this attention. And I was feeling really good about myself because, you know, I'm participating and Anne is really impressed and all the women are like, they're loving me. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing really, like I said, really well in these role plays. So I feel like I'm making a contribution. I'm really understanding the work. And then at a certain point, I just like was overcome with this resentment, like this deep feeling of rage because I, it, what happened was I started to feel like I'm being used. Mm. Now, obviously I was participating in it. It was a perfect recreation of my childhood. Right. I love the feeling of feeling special. 
right? And I, and I was playing into it. And then it, then I got to the point was, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm special, but I'm not being seen. My humanity is not being seen. I'm being completely objectified. And I was. And, and there was, cause there was one woman in particular that was really like, you know, super objectifying. Like what she is- was just, she was just like attracted to me and let herself go all the way into it hmm. in a way that was, yeah, it just was uncomfortable for me. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it didn't like it until after that was the other thing. I didn't even realize it didn't like it hmm. until it was brought to my attention. And then I got up and that's when Ann asked me, you know, have you ever worked with her cruelty? And I was like, I didn't even know what that question meant. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she got out the boxing gloves and I started hitting her and I've been, you know, it ended with me like fucking murdering, you know, torturing and murdering her in front of a room full of women. Man. And, uh-huh. you know, as a representative of woman mother, mm-hmm. you know, it was never named, but I, I kind of knew what it was completely spontaneous there was nothing contrived about it i mean i couldn't believe the level of rage murderous rage that came out of me and uh and then you know i've told this story before and then yeah she laid me down and after i you know discharged all of this energy which took a long time and uh he was in this altered state sort of wailing not not kind of crying but not just wailing uh, you know and then she laid me down and then she kind of came right into my line of sight you know as so the mother looking down on the baby and said what did you need from me in this super compassionate voice and I said I just needed you to love me mm. and then I just burst into uncontrollable sobbing mm. my whole body shaking right and so that's obviously what I learned it's like oh underneath this rage this desire to like hurt uh women and probably men too that was next year uh was this yeah deep longing to just be loved and seen for who i actually was not um what i represented Mm -hmm. or not how i looked or you know whatever being the jock right and so yeah you know i mean the, the the feminists talking about being objectified i'm like yeah yeah totally like everything that feminists would say for the last 10 years i'm like yeah totally i relate i i like that's not just a women's issue like i i'm with you 100 percent. and but that was never that was like ah you're a man and there's a kind of a dismissiveness that a lot of women have towards men like you don't have any problems it's Mm -hmm. not like women we have it we have the problems we're the oppressed ones. It's like, okay. Yeah. Is that true? I mean, maybe it's true, but maybe we're oppressed too. And maybe you don't really want to look at it. Cause then you'd have to actually take some more responsibility for like how you're participating in it. And that you're not quite the victim that you think you are, mm-hmm. that men are just as much of victims as victims as, as women in this in this this kind of gender uh dynamics but that gets blamed on the patriarchy which gets blamed on men because the men men created the patriarchy but that's bullshit too it's just like we just did what we had to do to survive 
That's all, that's all it was. There's no right or wrong to it. Men and women, just we just did what we had to do to survive. There's no conspiracy to oppress women. It's just everybody's trying to survive. And men did what they did best and women did what they did best. And that was it. Nobody was, nobody was like, you know, just what it, it was what it was. And I understand this is, culture has evolved. We're out of survival mode so that, that you know, the, the gender roles can change. But, you know, being blamed for everything is sort of, you know, that's where I'm like, I, yeah, I feel like, fuck you. Do you still, how do you feel about women now? Well, I feel like there's a lot of women that, um, uh, have shown me tenderness and compassion and understanding and, and have demonstrated like a high degree of self-responsibility, which is not something I experienced. And what does that most do? Of my life. What does that do for you? Well, it makes me trust women more. It makes me open to, uh, believing their care and love. And it's also like women are different than men Mm -hmm. and there's some, there's some fantasy, there's some fantasy in the Hollywood romantic comedy Mm -hmm. that's a lie and that a lot of men play out and it's just not true. Women don't (laughs) like women want you to be romantic, but they you know, if you put your woman ahead of yourself, they don't respect you. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what Hollywood is taught, right? Like, like it, it almost like women are in charge in a way. Like you, you defer to the woman, like happy wife, happy life. I mean, that's what we learn, right? It's like the Fred Flintstone. <laughs> the men are like, boom, boom, boom. And the women kind of put up with the dumb men. and But at the end of the day, it's like they kind of salvage it or they lay down the law so the men don't get into too much trouble. Like that's what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And I always yeah. found that incredibly offensive, the Flintstones. I was just like, this is fucking ridiculous. That's what I literally grew up with. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of distortions out there and, and I'm learning. Of the truth and we all are and we're all trying to figure it out mm-hmm. okay okay well thank you for that that email and emails thank you, for, thank you for the emails yeah thank you yeah thank you for the other email as well and uh are we done I don't know. What time is it? We're two hours in. Oh, geez. Okay, we're done. <laughs> well, we can't. We can't go three hour Joe Rogan. There could be a whole other, <laughs> a whole other layer. Could be more. Are you done? Should we recap? Let's just recap. I was right. That's that's where we started. I was right about the nature of evil, and you realized it last night. And uh, did you apologize to me? I can't remember. Is apology in order? Did I apologize? I don't know if you need to um, apologize. If you feel like you want to, it'd be fine. <laughs> apologize for not realizing that you were right. It's fine. You don't need to apologize. 
Well, I think what I, you know, I, I feel grateful, Mm -hmm. you know, when, when she was saying all this, I felt grateful that I'd already heard it in some way, you know, and that, um, yeah, I, I, I think because of probably also maybe exactly the way that you're holding it is part of also, uh, even though I said, which is true, there was, was a way in which it scared me, but hearing it again and knowing where you're at, it actually, I think it's part of why I don't feel as scared now, you know? Right. Um, because of just the way that you're holding it. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that as well. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, do you, do you need an apology? What do you, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. Um, just joking. Yeah. You know, and No, you listen to me. I never you 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 I mean I rant I've been ranting and raving for 3 4 years. And you've you've listened. You you haven't you know, you listened and you took a lot of it in. So I don't I don't feel like you were denying me. I mean, you were one of the only people that I could talk to about this stuff for a long time. Like you were the only person. And I, I mean, I, I know sometimes I was like out of my mind with it because I was all alone with it. And I was like, it was like, it was coming like fast and furious. Mm-hmm. Like these downloads, like what I was seeing, it mm-hmm. was just, I was like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy mm-hmm. shit. That was what this person yesterday was experiencing as well. Yeah. It was a lot of like, because once you start to see that everything, everything that she thought was the truth was a lie, it's like, like you almost have to have a like, you, like yeah, you a have breakdown. a breakdown. Yeah, I had a breakdown. I had many breakdowns, up, especially up in Idlewild, man. Like just days of despair. And then there's something about, I guess maybe what it is with the the Sundance with the Lakota is they just like look you right in the eye with it. Like, you know, obviously it were, I wish there was a video, but just, it's just, they're like, uh, huh. It's just, it's just embodied in a way that's, and it's not, it's not intellectual. Mm -hmm. Like they, they couldn't even really, I mean, I'm not saying they, but you know what I mean? There's no need to discuss it. It's not an intellectual concept. It's not, it's just an embodied truth about the nature of the world Mm -hmm. that there's evil and cruelty and it's harsh and God is in all of it. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a razor's edge. I understand why people don't want to look at it. Cause you, you, if you want to, you're going to get cut. Like it's you, you, you who wants to experience that, that mm-hmm. it's much easier to like live, you know, live in your house. Sleep in your soft bed, eat your bonbons, you know, pet your dog, 
watch the Kardashians. And I do it. I don't want to experience the harshness, but I, I guess some part of me can't stop seeking it out. Mm. I mean, Lodge on Wednesday, man, it was like I couldn't sit up. It was, I know, I guess it was hot. I don't even know anymore what's hot and what's not hot. Like, I, I feel like I've completely lost my sense of, was that lodge hot? People are like, dude, yeah, it was fucking hot. All I knew is I couldn't sit up. I mean, I, I, I sang my songs, you know, but I, I, everything, I just went down. I could not, so I can't, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not able to contain it yet. Whatever this is, whatever I learned, whatever I'm carrying, from that experience, I, I, I cannot contain it mm. yet. Mm. So, but this conversation helped, I think mm. getting clearer. Yeah. Yeah. I feel more articulate. I feel less afraid to say what I think, to say what's true for me. Well, I imagine it probably is helpful that your business partner is, on board with you now, you know, in that way. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it's like that you would know, I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're working out our business agreement Mm -hmm. you and I, and I, I did a lot of like writing yesterday about what, what, what I would need in, in the agreement. And one of the things I, I was thinking about was the ways in which, we kind of lie to ourselves, like what you said, like about containing yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, there are certain ways in which I, I have to give myself the things that I deprive myself of, you know, like there's certain, there's certain places like that. If I don't take care of myself in that way, it will affect our business. And I was just like, right. Like you were taught, we were talking about that in relationships, you know, that if we, in any relationship that there's, there, there should, I mean, I thought about like, I was like, maybe I should start having agreement with Ferd, like, you know, just like, here are the things that we both have to take care of in ourselves, because if these things aren't taken care of, they will affect our relationship and they will affect the business. And, um, yeah, it's important. So I, you know, just in terms of like getting clear about what the lies are that I'm telling myself or, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm willing to see much more clearly now. Like I'm mm-hmm. willing to really look at it and mm-hmm. and face it and 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 do something about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That I'm I'm sure on some level I mean it feels good to me. And I imagine that it feels good to you too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.